0: Welcome to episode three of Three Non-Benders. We are three friends sitting in a car talking about Avatar. My name is Rachel. If I were a bender, I would be an earthbender because my first favorite color was green. I'm joined today by Tim.
1: What's up, Tim?
2: Hi, I'm I'm Tim. And if I were a bender, I would be an airbender because of the wind beneath my wings.
1: That is beautiful. That is really yeah. beautiful.
2: Yeah. I struck a chord. You're welcome.
1: And Marissa? Hello. Um, I'm here, I'm Marissa, and if I were a I would be a water bender, because I am the sea that these ships sail on. Oh. Segway into...
0: <laughs> we're going to be doing ships this episode, or relationships. It- <laughs> not firebending not airships. Not <laughs> firebending airships, or... Any kind of actual boat. Yeah, so I thought that we could talk about, like, the canon ships first. Like, what is in the series, Mm -hmm. how we feel like it affects the series, how we feel like it was done well or poorly, or what our faves are. Also, I want to know what our faves are. We got Aang and Katara. Should we just start with the obvious? Should we just start there?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I would argue that their relationship should be the strongest, because that's what the... The show implied is that they're going to end up together forever at the end of it. It did imply that. Yeah. Ooh. So, like, does that affect how...
2: What do you mean the show implied that? Like, in Mm -hmm. what
1: way? Like, I just always associated because they were the two most shippable, the quickest.
2: Yeah. Then you're
1: like, this is the heteronormative, like, A-plot narrative like I would say, the
0: kiss at the end did that for me. Like it—that's
1: a closing shot. I know.
0: Lot. I the uh, sort of like created them as the like inevitable top canon couple. Yeah, yeah. But how do you guys feel about that? Eng, like
2: and K Tom?
0: Because I I feel like I have some really <laughs> mixed feelings about it. Yeah. <laughs> On one hand, it should be the strongest relationship, and I think in many ways it is. I, I have, like, po- very positive and very negative feelings on Katang, as it's known
1: around the <laughs> webs. Um, Katang. 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 Katang sounds like
2: something you drink out of a pouch.
1: This episode is sponsored by Katang, <laughs> the Jeffrey son of the Avatar world. I like
0: Katang until the last episode. is the truth. Like, I feel like they wow. have... I feel like there's cute moments that are, like, really innocently, like, kid crush moments, which I really love. The... Cave of Two Lovers episode is a great example of that, it is. and like there's there's like really sweet moments like that, and then there's also like moments where you like actually could get a sense that like they would be compatible in that way together, even mm-hmm.
1: though the, the dance episode,
0: the dance episode, yes. but like Aang is also really pushy, and like in season three he kisses her before the invasion, and it's like not brought up afterwards, and then in the play episode at the end. Like, just before the finale, he, like, kisses her again, and she didn't want it to happen, and she backs away, and she's like, you know, I just said, don't do that, like, it's confusing right now, or whatever. And then that is just, like, never addressed. Mm -hmm. And I was interested in asking those questions of our, like, already problematic hero who, like, wants to run away and escape into things, Mm -hmm. and, like, has to learn how to, like, not and deal with the problem in front of him, like, that's part of his arc, and so we get this with the girl that he's he likes. He wants to, like, go into this relationship and be happy and be the Avatar and, like, be cool. But he has to, like, face his responsibility. And I felt like that was addressed with the Ozai thing. And then the last episode, like, after he dealt with the problem in front of him, which was Ozai, Katara just, like, went along with it. And I guess that was fine. But there was, like, no conversation in between the, like, last moment where we left them to, like, the final kiss. That, like, it just felt like they were giving him Katara and he didn't even apologize. Like, does yeah. that make sense? Yeah,
1: they didn't even get a chance to, like, talk about their relationship. Yeah. I think that may honestly be because it was on a kid's network. It's like, how yeah. deep can you go into that? But I, I totally agree with what you're saying as far as, like, the my emotions over, like, the arc mm-hmm. of that. Like, that makes sense as to why there's a sense of confusion at the end. Mm-hmm. But before that, I really liked watching Aang make mistakes. Like, in the Cave of Two Lovers, he would, like, say something, and then Katara would walk away and be pissed, because, like, yeah. Um, But And then he would be like, why do I always do this? You know, like, it's just a queer point. Yeah, and you're just like, okay, if we're going to watch somebody learn to grow and address their problems, great. But, yeah, he didn't really do that. Also, we don't really see Katara's side of that narrative. Like, Katara does not get a chance to speak about this. Right. Also, she's his teacher, and like... Very much a mother figure. I never thought about, never it that, thought about way. that at all. She's literally like, definitely
2: like season oh. one. That's how I felt about the idea of Katara and Aang. I was like, yeah. she is such an older sister. She seems so much older. Yeah, because she's, she's like
1: the caregiver and like the provider. Yeah, and also like someone who he views with great respect. I don't know. I think at age twelve, it's very easy to confuse the feeling of respect that Aang very obviously feels towards Katara with feelings of romantic affection yeah. but since like that narrative really didn't get a chance to breathe or like take up as much time as that conversation deserved was it even a necessary thing to put in there and I think that's probably my overall frustration with yeah. the Katara Aang thing because it just felt like a an old relic of like Hollywood storytelling, like, yeah, you yeah, know? Really I'm did. just like, the show really doesn't need this. Yeah. the and... ending
2: felt, like, almost archetypically classical. Yeah. Like, with, like, the literal sunset and, like, them, like, it was like they're the getting closing
1: married. shot. Like, yeah. That is the image. Yeah, that... like, that's the, the end. Yeah, that was the, the last amuse-bouche, I don't yeah. know. Like, yeah. that's what <laughs> you get left on your palette. Yeah. It definitely, you know? yeah.
2: I feel and... like that ending was definitely the worst aspects of that ship.
1: Mm -hmm. Generally, Like, it was, like, sort
2: of the low point for it. And I feel like it's pretty... Like, I I don't know. My feelings about it are pretty complicated. Like, there are things I like about it and things I don't. Like, how do you guys feel about Aang and Katara, like, season one?
0: Oh, yeah. See, this is... I did not even, like, view them romantically, like, as a thing. It's only... Honestly, it's only on my most recent rewatch that I actually started to get it with them. Yeah. And I think it's because I appreciate more the, like, subtleties of the show now that I'm, like, an adult. Yeah. Mm.
2: Um, I definitely, like, I feel like the whole legacy of Katang has got to be more than the ending,
0: though. Right. What do you, like... I mean, okay, so season one. You asked about season one.
2: Yeah, I just... So, for me, I was always, like, Avatar and Katara. I don't need it. And then huh. The Cave of Two Lovers happened, and I was, like, I can do that as, like, a one-off, like, a fun one-off tale about two youths and their lives intersecting, but, like, I don't want to think that Aang and Avatar are supposed to, like, be Aang together. and Avatar? Ang and Avatar,
1: yeah. Ang. Well, it was established in the plot that he really can only choose one, and then he was like, "No, I'm gonna have it both ways," and then that
0: wasn't really addressed. That also. Wait, what? Okay, do you remember when he's like teaching? He's like training with Guru Patik. The last episode where he's with Guru Patik, and he goes to like they go through all the chakras, and And he
1: like does the pool thing, and he's like, "You have to unlock all of your chakras to be able to." connect fully with your avatar spirit. Um, And he gets to, like, the last chakra, and basically he, like, leaves it blocked because he would have to, like, give up on his love for Katara. And then he, like, jumps off the cliff to go save her, and the guy's like, you gotta, but you gotta do this. Like, don't run away from your problems. He does let go of
0: her. One, I think, like, a fair counterpoint is like we know other avatars have wives and husbands and partners that they spend their life with but we know that to unlock his cosmic energy chakra whatever he had to supposedly let go of whatever ties into the world which is Katara so we're presented with two options after this because we know he does eventually like let go of her in some way because that happens just before they they try to defend Ba Say and then Azula takes it from them he like sits in his like
1: Little cave of crystals, and he Mm -hmm. like
0: he's like I'm sorry, Katara, he like says that or something. Mm -hmm. We assume because he emerges in the avatar state, we assume he successfully conquers it and successfully leaves his earthly tether of Katara behind. So we're presented with two options here: Mm -hmm. either it's you got to like let go of everything and learn to let go of everything, and then like boom, you've achieved enlightenment and you can then pursue love, as we know all of the avatars did before him, because they must have also done the chakra thing. So, like, it's just a one-time thing. You just gotta do it, and then you're very powerful, and that's how you achieve Avatar State. Like, you you let it go, and then you achieve Avatar State, and then it's gone, and you can have an Earthly Tether again. Or he, like, permanently changes himself in that moment and never fully, like, loves because he has no Earthly Tether.
2: Oh my god. Like, yeah. does that make
0: sense? I'm just, like, really confused mm-hmm. as to how that works if all of the Avatars that we've seen, or not all of them, but pretty much all of them have, like, a romantic love in their life? Like, I mean, companionship is, like, necessary to be a human or whatever, but, like, yeah. how how are we supposed to view those relationships and then the relationship we know Aang is going to have with Katara in the future as, like, a love just the way that we would experience it? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, because he goes through... He, like lit- like, literally is supposed to let her go to mm-hmm. be at his most powerful... to do his job, like, yeah. as the Avatar... He's supposed to, like, let her go.
1: Yeah, and then, so why would he keep her with him for the rest of his life? It just
0: seems like... I just don't yeah. know if it means he experiences
1: love more fully or love less fully. I'm just feeling very anti ang is what's up right now. It's Dude, just don't of the way, way this... But it's only you because of the way this it. narrative is set up. Yeah. Like, it just was so unnecessary to me. It's like...
2: That's true. There were,
1: it's just uh, it's, I don't know. It's
2: true, but also like I don't know. I don't. I don't think Aang is the best character this series has by a long shot. And like, there's nothing you can love Avatar mm-hmm. and still be like I don't quite get Aang. That's kind of how I feel sometimes. Yeah,
0: yeah. The the counterpoints I would like to bring up to like all this ragging we've been doing on mm-hmm. Tang is like Tim said, it was like there were good moments with it in the series. Yeah, and, like, Mm -hmm. I
2: think they have a really nuanced relationship where they are several different things for each other at several different, like, points in time, Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. kind of beautiful. And, like, I just wish they hadn't hit quite as hard a note on it Mm -hmm. with it Mm
1: -hmm. at the
2: very end of the series. But, like, really, if you take that away, I feel much more positively about it overall.
0: I love the hug that they share right before they kiss. I do not like the kiss. I don't care for it. But, like, the hug that they share is just so beautifully animated and it's like, you can feel them hugging you. Yeah. And it's like, yes. And then they kiss and they ruin it. But like, yeah. <laughs> I would have maybe preferred that it ended on like such a beautiful yeah, moment. That would that would mm-hmm. have been
2: amazing. That would have been super, super brave. It's It sucks that that ending got marred with the weirdness but. Between them before especially because I liked those moments when they happened I thought Mm -hmm. they spoke to the way that things can just get weird when you're a kid Mm -hmm. Yeah, in a way that like like, narratives like that usually yeah because you're like he's
1: 12 he doesn't know how to navigate a relationship and then it would be really beautiful if he had somebody with all these shared life experiences that he could like learn to do that with yeah like I think that is really sweet because like you essentially watch them grow up together and like share very formative very traumatizing events yeah so like the fact that our crew is so tight at the end you're like yes like support systems yeah so like that's where my fondness for the two of them together is but like I don't know it's like you said in the beginning I watched the first season as a kid I mean I was like yeah I get it the romance but it it just was more like these kids grew up together like that's the relationship I'm watching like you don't get the vibe until Zuko comes into the picture. Yeah. And then you're like, now everybody wants to bone. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. yeah.
2: <laughs> Season three. Yeah. They just like, they're like, they're like, we have to get Fire Nation clothes. Oh, they make us all look hot. Yeah, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, I, I,
0: when we, after we watched that headband episode for the first time, Tim, after I watched it with you, you were like, oh, I get it now. It's because they look the same age. Like, yeah. I get when people ship them because
1: A. Eh. Yeah,
2: all he had to do was grow some hair.
1: <laughs> and he, like, <laughs> looks older. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Another... But yeah, that Dan's episode was, like, it was a good episode. I forgot mm-hmm. that it existed when I was watching it. I, yeah. like, watched it with a newly, like,
0: I think that's one of my rate. favorite episodes of Avatar. Yes. Yeah. It's, like, one of the better ones. Another counterpoint I wanted to bring up, which I think is... Super valid. Um, just in terms of like thinking about the show as like a like a representation game. Like Katara is obviously darker skinned. She's a woman, and she's like the driving force behind the show in a lot of ways. When Aang can't be, mm-hmm. also everybody in the show is Asian. In the canon, it's a very diverse show. It has a lot of female characters. It has mm-hmm. a lot of darker skinned characters. It has every single character is Asian. And then Aang mm-hmm. himself is like such an atypical Western hero. Like he's mm-hmm. a Asian kid, he's short, he's bald. Like, he's yeah. the most monk thing, right? Like, yeah. you know, you can look at Katara and be like, oh, it's an anime girl, but, like, you look at Aang and you're like, it's a monk! Like, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, so, so just thinking about that. In terms of representation, I think Katang is very interestingly situated because they do have this height discrepancy that you never, ever see in Western media. Mm-hmm. And they have this, like, s- small Asian kid who normally in a different media would be not the hero. Just mm-hmm like yeah. wouldn't yeah. be like and he's just he's the hero he's like he's he's your yeah. favorite kid you love him by the end of the series yeah. and he gets the girl which is a trope that like is reserved for like the western white male mm-hmm. in fiction and like is Give it to this kid. It's, like, such an interesting feat of representation that they pulled the show off anyways, but Mm -hmm. the fact that they give it some of the Western tropes, I think it's, like, subverted just a little bit when you remember that all of the characters are canonically Asian, and then Mm -hmm. um, Aang himself is, like, it's harder to, like, take that away because he's bald and a monk. (laughs) Yeah. So I feel that way about representation, and I think that for those reasons it can be appreciated like a worthwhile romantic endeavor. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think?
2: I I I don't know. I I I think it's really hard to compare the friend and romantic aspect of Ang and Katar's relationship, partially because like what always made the friend relationship special was that there wasn't a romantic component. Mm-hmm. And it I think it's really important to the narrative that they get together at the end. And I don't end right. I don't think it's j- a story of them getting together. I think season 3 is a story of them getting together. But Seasons one and two, like, that is very much not in the picture, and that's where we get... Like, that's where that friendship is made, you know? What do you
0: think is the major relationship between them? Because we did talk about her being his teacher but i feel like even though like she starts off in season 1 being his teacher sort of she also begins being a friend with him see this is what what's hard about it because like you don't get that much from katara mm-hmm. i never felt like she acted particularly differently towards him but i felt like he acted in ways that were not like a sibling way towards her, towards yeah. her which yeah. like i mean it's a show about Aang. Mm-hmm. like it would have been nice to see more of katara's side of the um like a romantic relationship sort Mm -hmm. of about this the only part i can think of is like literally one shot at the very end when she he like goes into the avatar state and then she like is smiling at him Mm -hmm. and i'm like i guess you love him (laughs)
2: all right but like
1: who wouldn't
2: seems easy to love a god
1: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, it's just, yeah, right? <laughs> you're like, that's my best friend. Like No matter what, you're just like, dude. <laughs>
2: <Yeah, yeah.
1: laughs> you're doing oh, great. <laughs> yeah, Like, imagine Katara's perspective. They're probably best friends. Yeah. Just like, they've trained together and she's seeing him reach a level of success that is just like, unfathomable. So like, yeah, I can also see how you could com- confuse those feelings with... Feelings romantic.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, Love. I think... Like what? You're, you're gonna look at, like, your buddy and they're doing a pretty dope thing and you're, not, yeah. you're just, like, not gonna be like, that dude's hot? Like, Yeah. 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 It would be dope to have the Avatar as a boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, he... I also think that the this support... Okay. <laughs> what you said, Marissa, reminded me of the Fortune Teller episode. You guys remember that oh, episode? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Okay, this is the episode where Aang... Sokka and Guitar, I think it's in season one, yeah. um, where they, um, go to this village and like Sokka, like doesn't believe in fortunes, but all the people in the village are like, you can go to, what's her name? Like Madame Wu or something like that. Yeah. Um, you can go to the fortune teller and she will tell you exactly what's going to happen. And she says a bunch of things that end up becoming true, but like they're like accidents or whatever. And so she says eventually like, Oh, the town's going to not be blown up by the volcano And so everyone's getting their fortunes read, and Sokka's like, the volcano's clearly going to blow up, and Katara gets her fortune Mm -hmm. read, and Madamu's like, you're going to marry a very powerful bender, and then Aang stops the volcano from exploding. And mm-hmm. uh, Sokka's like, that kid's a very powerful bender. And Katara's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I, I don't necessarily like that episode because their season one... I mean, I like the episode, but their season one dynamic is never read that to me. But that's a moment where Katara could be recognizing something about Aang.
1: That whole episode felt very innocent to me. Yeah. Very, like, yeah. these kids are like, ooh, I'm gonna marry. like yeah. And then it just happens... To also be correct, I guess I don't know. That's crazy. I, yeah. Do you like anything about guitar and Egg, <laughs> Marissa? I was, yeah, I do. Like when I'm watching it, I'm like on board with it. But after yeah. talking about it in this episode, I just feel like They're I just better. feel like it's better <laughs> as my personal philosophy <laughs> in television. I think that the ships are often better than the like romance narratives within like unless it's a heavily romance driven show i'm just like it's better to just have inferences of that and let the fandom yeah. decide than oh. to have like a canonical
2: no i agree you so know? much like that yeah and like wh- like yeah they are they're always like mm-hmm. we have to put it on the board that like yeah. they're definitely making out
1: mm-hmm. and it's like
2: wh- why like Yeah, I don't know. people are
1: going to imply that anyways. Yeah. It's just like you don't need to put your stance on it because it's usually like white and Western and like not yeah. interesting to me, yeah. you know? Yeah, I don't know. And like, the, yeah, it could have been, you know, some like if it was an adult drama, I think that seeing that relationship played out a different way and like actually hearing Katara's side and having it then be like, let's tackle why you were shitty to me. Like, let's talk about these... Crazy shared bonds we have. Like, yeah, it would be a dope romance to watch. But it's, like, not what I came here for, Avatar. And I just, I just think the reasons that it's in there are just, like, more out of. Obligation. Story. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think that the show mm-hmm. in particular uses their
0: relationship as a shorthand for their closest, closeness, too. Mm hmm. Yeah. Like, or, like, not their relationship, but a romantic relationship as a shorthand for their closeness. And, like, we mm-hmm. see some. Tough shit that they go through together. Yeah. One of my favorite moments in the series is in the library episode, just after Appa gets stolen and Aang goes into the Avatar state and is pulling him down. And this is like the fifth time we've seen her do this in the series so far. And you like look at her face and she just looks so exhausted and sad and Aang is like in a rage- over losing Appa and she like manages to pull him down and he just like starts crying and like the moments when she pulls him out of the avatar state are always like really powerful to me and that Mm -hmm. moment in particular is really powerful just because it's the first time you see like the wear that this has on Katara and something that it like this is something that would have stopped like a like a weaker kid like somebody who was weaker than Katara would not be continuing to do this but yeah she just re- she just like believes in ang and like those kinds of moments mm-hmm. are the moments that i really wish were dug into
1: mm-hmm. with
0: a meaning that like or not a meaning but like a, a symbol that wasn't just like a you know an anime blush or whatever and yeah. that maybe yeah. maybe that is like asking too much from a kid's show but mm-hmm. and
2: an
1: anime or <laughs> well, maybe yeah. just from a show in general too like, maybe we really can't, you know... Well, the kinds like... of,
0: the kinds of like, mm-hmm. media that I'm looking for also, like, being in a long-term relationship, mm-hmm. is, like, stuff that's going to reflect the, like, positive and negative parts about that and how sometimes you're just tired and sometimes you just really love this person and don't know what to do. And, like, there's plenty of ways that viewing this series over the next time the longest relationship in the series gave that to me like little by little but the anime blush moments don't exist (laughs) like in real life right Mm -hmm. like so I don't know it just sort of was like a weird balance of like really authentic moments that like spoke to me as a person who like cares about relationships and has a lot of experience Mm -hmm. with relationships and then there was parts of it that just felt like paper thin.
2: Yeah, yeah, they definitely... That's what I mean when I say, like, it's not a story about Aang and Katara. Because, like... Or, like, Aang and Katara romantically. Because, like, if it was, they would talk about it a lot more. Like, we would know so much more about how either of them feel about each other. No, I mean, mm-hmm. really, neither of them ever has a conversation until the last three episodes about how they feel about the other one. And, like...
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: Like, I don't know. I think I think that gives the implied relationship just kind of a... Uh, shallowness mm-hmm. that like I, that is intentional. Like they 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 didn't spend the time making the whole thing about that. I think the ending sort of reflects something that was like about that in a way that puts probably too much emphasis on the relationship.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. What Agreed. do you think? What do you think Katara and Aang give each other? Like, why is their relationship Ooh. a good one and a successful one for the show, even if the romance didn't play out?
1: If we look at it through Katara's perspective, Mm -hmm. this narrative, like, for her, is about her relationship with Aang. Like, Aang comes into this world and the first person there is Katara. And before we were following Aang, Katara was our hero. And she's our narrator, too. Yeah. She's the first character that we connect with and we want to see her overcome her obstacles she's got a grumpy sexist brother and they're like stuck in a boat on this frozen wasteland and you're just like yeah i'm in support of this woman and then ang comes into the picture and you're like oh yeah his name's on the show so like <laughs> this is gonna be about him but like the whole time ang means everything to katara katara is a hugely hopeful person who's a warrior mm-hmm. she's been like living in desolation and she sees Aang as a vehicle to not just like better herself but literally better the world and she was just on board to jump on that ship <laughs> and and i think she grows as a person so much in this story and it's because of and like in tandem with ang but seeing where she starts in that first episode and then in the last episode when she's just, like, kicking ass and, like, knows exactly where to be and when and, like, helps support Aang emotionally and, like, they go through this huge ordeal together. Like, yeah, I can see how they're extremely bonded, you know? Like, there is something there and, like, there are real moments within that. But I just think that that's a greater, like, grander thing than, like... A love story ending you know yeah that's just yeah like the evidence is there like that dance episode is an amazing episode and you're just like they they're equals like they're ready they're teammates they're like warriors together Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and they're like stronger because of each other and you feel it in that episode but it's i don't know i just still have so many qualms with it tim
0: what do you think
2: yeah, I I don't know. I think it's not an accident that episode, like, it's episode two of season three. They were keeping their options open, it felt like, over the first two seasons. I feel like my favorite Katang season was season two, because, like, season one, it's, I wasn't really into it. And then season two, really the only Katang moment we get is the cave of two lovers. Correct me if I'm wrong. I felt like it gave the narrative such power to leave them in a place where, like, they just like had this one moment with each other and then like they just never addressed it again. I don't know. I thought that was I, yeah. when I watched that I was like don't touch it. Just let it be cuz life is complicated and sometimes things just happen and that's exactly what they did. For a while and then yeah. was, with season 3 they picked up and they're like now they're going to fall in love. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I like I'm I'm even here for that. Like they even did that well, but like I can I can see how like whoever made seasons one and two were like keeping all doors open and then they got to season three and like they had these two lead characters who were this dude and this girl mm-hmm. who they'd hinted at for the whole time and like they couldn't yeah. not put them together they just like mm-hmm. put them together in a way that made it way 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 too centripes and mm-hmm. was way 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 too close to the end
1: yeah and it like had a foundation but it was also just like the convenient choice
2: yeah yeah you know yeah i don't know
1: Yeah,
0: all that's good, but back to the question that I actually asked, which was, (laughs) what do Katara and Aang give to each other? Like, why is their relationship powerful throughout the season in a friendship way, or in a couple way, or in whatever way you prefer at -hmm. all? But, like, what do we see them give each other? Why do they work
1: as a friendship and as a good team? I think it's probably because they're different elements. Mm. Well, Katara is constantly offering Aang counsel. Mm -hmm. she's like giving Aang a different perspective so that he can like make better choices and I think that Aang also like gives that back to her Mm -hmm. not just like from being the first like different person she's ever met but he literally like takes her to every place in the world so that they can like learn and grow and have better perspectives and become better benders and then they train together Mm -hmm. so like in that lifestyle that's like 50% Fifty percent of what you want out of a person, you know, is like learning better bending. If yeah. that's like yeah. you're, if you're the avatar, and then Katara who is just like hungry to be the best, yeah. you know.
2: Yeah, I feel like generally Aang gives Katara spontaneity, and Katara gives him security. Mm-hmm. There's a line from Legion. A character says he makes me laugh, and I keep him safe, and that really is their relationship in like season one. Like yeah. she thinks he's funny. And protects him.
1: Yeah, and he I and mean, teaches him, I guess. And he protects her. Um, I
2: guess she. I guess he Sokka. does protect her a lot. Yeah, but, but like, but only,
1: only until they are equals. You know, like they. Yes, he's always offered Katara and Sokka protection, but they are willing to like learn to catch up with him and to be equal parts of the team
2: yeah yeah
1: you know because you can't really like catch up to the avatar but i feel like you know sokka and guitar really max out their like skill levels through the course of the series yeah and like they weren't doing that in the south pole for for sure you know yeah i don't know they all become better people because of each other what do you think
0: I don't know, I liked something something you said earlier made me think of the the ways that they're opposites and the way that they're similar. Like Katara's a little bit more focused, right? Aang is like easily distracted, but Aang I think is a lot kinder where Katara might be a little bit more like assertive in certain situations where Aang is just like, Go with the flow and Katara's like what if the flow's not right? Like <laughs> yeah. you know, Katara. well, she's just a little bit more thoughtful, I think, in mm-hmm. Aang. But that can lead you to be like kind of more skeptical. And I think that she ends up falling into that trap sometimes. Mm-hmm. What I do feel like is true is the way that like they share water bending is super unique and you can see it in Aang's like just bending style. I mean, you can only really see this argument that I'm about to make in Aang, so I guess this is what, you know, Katara, like, gives Tang, is kind of, like, a safety net. It's just, like, she was the first person to teach him how to water bend, and, like, she was the one who introduced him to that art, and the fact that they have such a, like, cosmic connection, whether it's, like, mm-hmm. romantic or in a friendship way, shows up in how often you see Aang water bend. Mm-hmm. He has, like, this horrible experience with firebending, where he actually hurts Katara, and does not like firebending and does not want to learn to firebend for a long time until he mm-hmm. absolutely has to. And with earthbending, it's very similar. Earth earthbending is very similar because he just doesn't. It's his opposite element. He doesn't feel comfortable with it. It takes him a lot longer to learn how, or a lot more mm-hmm. like personal struggle to learn how to earthbend and to be good at earthbending yeah with Toff, then, like water bending took with guitar, he picked it up immediately, and it's yeah, like, he was a
1: natural at it, right,
0: and I feel like part of that is because like water is similar to air, like their elements are complementary, and mm-hmm. that like but like water super go with the flow, like easily adaptable, but air is also the element of freedom, like it's the one that allows improvisation more than all of the others do, mm-hmm. and water is like also free form in that way, but rather than like allowing for improvisation, it just, like, allows for, like, the natural movement of life. So I feel like Mm -hmm. Aang and Katara relate in that level, like, just how, and you can see it in both of their personalities, Mm -hmm. and when Aang bends throughout the season, even Mm -hmm. when he learns all four elements, this doesn't, I'm not not talking about the final battle here, Mm -hmm. but, like, just throughout, like, season three, you see him bend more with water and easier Mm -hmm. with water than with, like, earth and
1: fire. Yeah, it's his go-to besides airbending right it comes yeah it's almost like he's like bilingual like it was and honestly like if you kind of i guess go with that metaphor like it's easier to pick up languages as a child and like mm-hmm. he wakes up from the iceberg like still not really knowing that this like he's a hundred years old mm-hmm. and he is in the water tribe and it's like his welcome back and his like fresh perspective of, like, still being a kid, and then, you know, he has a very positive experience with Katara, and then Katara becomes his teacher, and he is a natural at it, you just kind of wonder, like, if Aang had still been raised in that, like, childhood environment, if he would have still been as proficient and is open to learning the other elements but because he went out and had these traumatic experiences like having to stop a war and having to like grow up very quickly and having to like question a lot of his like one singular foundation that he has which is airbending it was harder for him to learn the other two elements and the like time crunch he was under obviously well i think it would be harder like, but i
0: i would argue that going off of like what i just said mm-hmm having katara as the fir- as the initial teacher and as the first guide that mm-hmm. he really has it would help with that because it water like katara is sort of the like inevitably the avatar has to come back inevitably the world's going to be saved like it, yeah. some at some point she over hopes but then at some point it's like She's just like knows this is gonna happen, has faith that it's gonna happen. It's like yeah. it's like you know where the river's gonna let out into the ocean, right? And she's mm-hmm. a waterbender, and if it's like super, go with the flow. Mm-hmm. She's much more relaxed about like this is what's gonna happen. We need to get you yeah. to the North Pole. We yeah. need to get you to Bossing Se. We need to mm-hmm. get you here, and, um, and having that assuredness by him, like guiding him. Mm -hmm. perhaps that made learning the elements under such duress easier. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I really think, because Katara is his primary counsel. Sokka also becomes that for him as, like, Sokka grows to be um, an equal parts warrior third, you know? Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, Katara is that first voice, that, like, first reassuredness, that, that outside perspective that is telling him, like, don't listen to the tendencies that are going to, like, make you self-destruct as a person. Yeah, she's the voice of reason that keeps him going on his journey despite, like, trauma. And it's because she's, like, fighting alongside him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a it's an amazing relationship, is the thing, because it's yeah. so unique, too. Like, I can't really think of another piece of media that portrays this kind of relationship. So I guess I just have, like, very high standards for it but. yeah it's well, also
2: like where Aang gets so much of mm-hmm. who he is is from yeah. Katara like Aang is just like when he comes out of that ice block he's just like old twerp who likes to ride penguins mm-hmm. like he knows nothing about anything and then Katara's like but Aang like morals and he's like oh yeah <laughs> and like she gave him oh, those yeah like, yeah
1: yeah she also I she also has given those to Sokka too. So like where does the um, where
0: does the like where does Aang and Katara's relationship leave Sokka? Not like their romantic relationship mm-hmm. or anything. Just like in the series do you feel like mm-hmm. the trio was weaker for how strong the lead like think about other famous trios. Like mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about Harry, Ron and Hermione right now, obviously from yeah. Harry Potter, but like mm-hmm. I feel like Hermione's relationship was strong enough with mm-hmm. Harry and strong enough with Ron that like the Ron Harry relationship that started us off. Mm-hmm. didn't overshadow it as a trio right. like it was still like one person was missing if Hermione wasn't there but like mm-hmm. if Sokka was missing would I feel the same like I don't know I, I feel like the relationship between Aang and Katara is so strong that it might overtake the mm-hmm. gang
1: at least. But I think because Sokka and Katara are siblings it's balanced that way oh, yeah. yeah. I think the true. only Duh. arm that's like not super developed is Sokka's relationship with Aang but true. by the end of the series when Sokka takes the like common man's council position like being the warrior and like the planner because eng is not a planner he needs a planner <laughs> yeah. um then we have that arm developed and it's like oh we That's get it true. like this is our crew yeah you know, it feels we started like started with
2: it doesn't feel like it does it's not that i have a problem with it i feel like it does do some misjustice to or it does not do justice to Saka. a while like I think that like because Ang and Katara's relationship is so strong like we just don't get a lot of time with Sokka and he's kind of relegated to comic relief while we sort through more serious things with the two characters who are more central Mm -hmm. Um, but then this show like manages to I think develop like Do that development later on. Like that's the thing. Also,
1: Sokka is the only other person who has romantic interests in the show. I think like Zuko gets a one off and Azula and her crew kind of they get that beach party episode, so like that counts. Yeah. But like Sokka fell in love with the moon. (laughs) Like Sokka gets a huge romantic narrative. That's true. That's true. yeah, yeah, two of them. Okay, cutting it off. We are gonna talk about Sokka's Ships and all of the other cannon ships in our second part of this next week. So stay tuned for that. But for right now, we're going to end the discussion on Katang. We're putting it to bed. <laughs> a nice little uh, cup of hot milk and some cookies. But it's, it's done. And uh, we're going to call it a night for this episode. Where else can they find us, Rachel? They can find us on...
0: 3nonbenders.com with three spelled the normal way. You can also find updates for us on our social media 3nonbenders at Twitter and Tumblr but three spelled with the number three. Our music is composed by Isaac Gilbert who is also our absentee firebender and we will see you guys next week for the riveting part two of Ships where we discuss canon and fanon.
1: Ooh we're gonna move Zutara
0: (laughs) Comet Zutara (laughs)